All right, welcome to the Kingdom Summit Series. We have been engaging in the special uh, teaching, um, and it's not just a teaching to me, it's really an impartation. It's really a declaration, really an announcement to the body of Christ, amen. It's really an alert, amen. You know, when when something happens and there's uh, someone that's being sought after because of something that they've done, there's an amber alert that goes on. We get it across our televisions, and then the radio starts beeping. And I don't know about you, but technology has it now where my phone will just start beeping, give me an alert, uh, you know, at night. And I didn't set it, and it's an alert. Uh, for something, weather or something. Amen. Well, this to me is an alert that is going out as well. Amen. And we're interested in shutting down uh, a plan of the enemy to short circuit the plan of God. Amen. And I think we have been penetrating in uh, deeply uh, into uh, hostile territory. But I believe that we are claiming new territory as we are advancing and penetrating. Amen? So we thank God for it. In our Kingdom Summit series, there are three, excuse me, there are four, uh, four emphasis or four summits within this particular series. And um, we're going to be addressing uh, what we call the Singles Summit, uh, which we are in right now. Amen? And uh, Lord be our help, we will conclude the single summit tonight. And then next week we will go into our next summit. And I believe the Lord's urging me and leading me towards the prayer summit for next week that we'll move into. Amen. And then the other two summits uh, dealing with the evangelistic summit. And then the final one would be the economic summit. Amen. So those are the four summits within the series that we will be uh, addressing. All right. So let's pray so we can go ahead and get right into the word of God. Father, we thank you and we bless you for allowing us to gather again in your house. Oh, God, we believe that we have been called to this place so that we can hear counsel from you. We thank you, Lord, because in the Bible we have an example of a king by the name of David who is in the cave of Adullam. And as he's there, there are others who hear about him in the cave, soldiers, those who are warriors, who have had certain challenges in their life. And as a result of that hearing that their champion David was there in the cave, they found and sought after him, O oh God, in that cave. And that cave turned into a conference, O oh God. It turned into a time of convention and convocation where they came together, O oh God, and they began to celebrate your goodness, but yet get healed from the different ailments that they had, the different illnesses and sicknesses that was occurring uh, inside of their lives. And they emerged from that conference. They came away from that conference. I'd like to call it a summit. They emerged from that summit in a better position with their minds set. They were no longer in distress anymore. They, 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 they came out, oh God. They were no longer uh, uh, discouraged. They came out, oh God. They came out from a low place to a high place. And they championed every cause that you've assigned to their hands going forward. And so tonight, I feel that you have gathered us here in this place, oh God, that we may also receive what we need so that as we emerge from this place, God, we will go ahead and champion every cause that you have for the kingdom of God. And so we bless you right now. And so we declare that none of the incorruptible seed of your word will fall by the wayside. 
and none will fall into stony or thorny ground, but it will fall into good ground and produce a great harvest. We are in anticipation, Lord, for what you will say to us. So, oh God, we thank you for revelation knowledge that will flow freely tonight, unhindered and unchecked by any force at all. We thank you for healings that will take place. We thank you for miracles that will take place. We thank you for strategy and wisdom that you will give to us tonight. We thank you for the aha moments that we will have, God. We thank you right now for confirmation and affirmation. And we give you praise, oh God, for the victory, oh God, that is being won as we receive your word. Faith is rising in this place. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And as faith is rising, oh God, there is no way that we can lose. And so we bless you for it now and we give you praise in Jesus' precious name. And everybody said, amen. God bless you tonight. Would you stand with me? If you would go ahead and join me over there in the book of Philippians. That is our key scripture that stands over us concerning the singles summit. When we started off, we started off really dealing with the flesh because we had to really address the flesh, identify the flesh, amen, and then make a declaration and really uh, uh, expose the works of the flesh so that as we go into these four summits, we'll know what to look for. It is the flesh that we're really fighting in these areas, the area of singleness, the area of prayer, the area of evangelism, the area uh, uh, of, of, what's the other one? The area, thank you very much, economics. It's really the flesh that's really in the way from us living at the top. Amen. And so we're really targeting the flesh in these areas. Amen. And so we've transitioned into the singles summit. And there in Philippians chapter number four, Verses 10 through 13 is our foundational text there. If you have it, say, I have it. I have it. If you're still looking, say, I need more time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I think I heard it somewhere. No? Okay, all right. Verse number 10, reading from the King James Version, and it reads, But I rejoiced, this is the Apostle Paul talking now. He said, But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly, that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again. Wherein ye were also careful, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be what? Content. He says, I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I am instructed both to be full And to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. Verse 13, our final scripture. He says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. We're going back into our singles summit. Amen. So that we can go to the top. You may take your seats. Real quickly, in review, real, 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 really, really, really quick. In review, as we looked at this particular passage of scripture in the fourth chapter, Philippians there, it is a situation, scenario, that we discover the Apostle Paul, he is incarcerated. He is in prison. 
as he is in prison, he is writing this letter to the church that he's established there in Philippi, communicating with the people there. As he's communicating with the people, he's communicating from a prison cell. He is communicating from a prison cell. He is communicating from a prison cell. Now, I'm I'm not stuttering. I'm doing that on purpose, being redundant, because I want you to know his location. I want you to see his condition, the conditions that he's in. In this condition, in this cell, in this prison, if you will, an inner dungeon, inner prison, really. He is there now, and uh, he's speaking to the people, and he's thanking God that their gifts that they had sent to him is now getting to him again. But he wanted to make it clear with them that he's not celebrating and thanking God uh, for them because of the gifts, per se. He wanted them to know that he had reached a place in life of contentment. He said, not that I speak in respect of want. Then he goes on and says, I have learned how to be content, whatever state I'm in. So he shares with them that even though I'm in this prison, even though they are persecuting me, even though the conditions around me are not favorable, I am in a place of contentment. Contentment is not or does not mean that I'm settling for this situation here. Can't do no better, so I'm settling. No, no, no. That word contentment is far more than just settling for something. Paul says, I'm living at the top of my life because I'm fully satisfied, even though the conditions around me doesn't speak to that. He does not allow his conditions to determine how he behaves. Doesn't allow the conditions around him to determine how he thinks. He says, I know how to be full. I know how to be hungry. No big deal. Know how to be a base. I know how to abound. No big deal. In other words, he's saying, I have mastered life. I have mastered this state of my life. You take things away from me, I'm still fully satisfied. You fill my plate up, still fully satisfied. Because his source was not his condition. His source, neither were the people who were giving to him. If you remember, they were stopped. In other words, their gifts were stopped. They could not reach Paul at one point in time. But then they permitted the gifts to now get to Paul again. So Paul says, my dependence is not on you. Thank you, I appreciate it. But I'm not depending on you and what you're giving nor am I depending on my circumstances around me, but my source is Jesus. He says, for I can do all things, come on, through Christ who strengthens me. So my source of supply is Jesus Christ. Are y'all with me? So as Paul is talking about being in this place of contentment, being in this place of being fully satisfied, no matter the conditions, he's really speaking about what we're talking about being single. Okay. I'm not referring to being unmarried. This lesson is not, this lesson really is not preparation for marriage. It's really not. 
The principles will teach you how to prepare for marriage. But this is really, this, this lesson really talking about being single. Because there is a difference between being single and unmarried. Okay. Well, what is it, Hodge? Single means to be, come on, some of you know it already. Single means to be what? Whole, complete, come on, entire, lacking nothing, come on, able to stand alone. That's what single means. It means to be whole and complete. Yeah, to be whole and complete. So, it is the will of God for you and I, no matter what state of life we're in, no matter if we are married or unmarried, it is the will of God for us to be whole. That's his will, to be complete. I don't need anybody to come along and make me whole. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. (laughs) I am not a half person looking for my other half. Come on, this is my other half. For real? No, no. You ought to be whole. Amen. The journey to wholeness is a process. Okay, now, I'm not going to go through it all. You, you have to pick up last night. Mm, mm, mm. So, let's journey now over to Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter number 2. Got about three more minutes to review. I may take five. Genesis chapter number 2. Right there at verse number 15. Now what we're doing, we're now looking at three qualities, if you will, of a single or whole person three qualities of a single or if you will a whole person look there at verse number 15 we'll read from 15 to 18 and the lord god took the man and put him into the garden of eden to what dress it and keep it you might want to highlight that in your bible underline it put quotes around it do something that makes it stand out Verse 16 says, and the Lord God commanded the man saying of every tree of the garden, thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt what? Surely die. Look at verse 18. And the Lord God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him and help meet for him. Hallelujah. Isn't that good? So now from these four verses, 15 to 18, there are three 
qualities that I extracted from this. Number one, stewardship. Number two, self-control. And number three, suitability. The three qualities that we're extracting from this is that a, a, a whole person, a single person, is one who is of good stewardship. Number one. Number two, one who is a person of self-control. And number three, there's a quality of suitability with that person. In stewardship, we define it and we said that stewardship really is the confidence and trust of the owner. We begin to identify that as the scripture talked, it said, it used the term Lord in this passage. Y'all remember seeing that? And the Lord. When it's talking about the Lord, of course, we have to also understand when you use the word Lord, you have to understand that it's also referring to owner. It's also referring to one who's in charge, right? It's also referring to uh, a, a king, helping us to understand that, that there's a dem- do- domain there, that there's a sphere where he rules, okay? Using the term Lord. And if there is a Lord, then there has to be a servant. So now, characters that we see now is we see God in his name, Lord, as owner. Then there is a servant. And that character is Adam in our scripture. He is the servant. If there is a Lord and if there is a servant, then there also has to be, as a result of being a servant, accountability and responsibility. Remember we talked about that? There has to be accountability and responsibility. Right? Now, if we said that there is a Lord and there is a servant, which means that there is accountability and responsibility, then we looked at that whole idea of submission. Oh, my Lord. Submission. And I said that submission is a blessing. <laughs> that that a whole person, a person who is single, who is whole, who's complete, entire, lacking nothing, sees submission as an opportunity. Glory to God. Then number two, I can't, I can't, I can't mess with that. It's on, it's on the CD. Number two. We went into the second quality of a whole person. We said that that person possesses self-control. Gave a statement. And the statement was, temptation is the barbell that keeps us toned up and tuned up for times of resistance. Oh, man. Talked about temptation being the right type of pressure that is needed. That it is like something that is in concentrate form. And that all that we have to do is add water to get the best of it. It is potential. Potential is only realized when pressure is put on a thing. When pressure is put on a thing, that thing begins to now push back. Or begins to 
do what it has to do to respond to the pressure that's coming. So then, when it comes down to self-control, dealing with this whole idea and area of temptation, temptation is also an opportunity. It is also a blessing. Because temptation announces that we are at the precipice of next level. Talk to, told you about Jesus. After he came up out of the water, heavens opened, God spoke. Spirit of God, chapter 4, Matthew, led him into the wilderness to be tempted of the enemy. After the time of temptation, and he resisted or exhibited self-control. He resisted with the word of God. He didn't allow the enemy's wishes and wills to win. He did not come out of character to respond to the enemy. Stayed in character. He was a whole man. Resisting the enemy as the enemy tempted him. And after he resisted with the enemy, the Bible said that the enemy fled. He exhibited self-control. He remained who he was as a whole person. He did not come out of He didn't put his salvation on the shelf and handle the business. Then he'd go back and get it and put it back on. In other words, he did not allow the flesh to have voice in that situation. Y'all with me? Hallelujah. Number three. Let's dig in. Y'all ready? Let's dig in. We're at three. The third quality that we're lifting now from Genesis chapter 2, verses 15 through 18. I'm going to add another verse in a second so you can see this. Okay. Is suitability. Suitability, or of course the root word is suitable. What does it mean to be suitable? The Bible says there in verse number, the first two points came out of verses 15, and then the second, first one came out of 15, the second point came out of 16 and 17, the third one comes out of 18. The Bible says there, and the Lord God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him and help meet. You see that word meet? Go ahead and highlight that, underline that. Some of you who have translations, it might say helper. But the KJV is the word I'm looking for. Meat. M-E-E-T, not (laughs) M-E-A-T. He says, God said, it's not good that the man should be alone. And then God said, I will make him and help meat for him. For years, I have heard this. For years. Growing up in my family, hearing it around other people's family, hearing it out in the street. Everybody wanted a helpmate. Helpmate. Even when I tell people help meet now and read it in the Bible, when they repeat it back, they say helpmate. It is not mate. It is meat. It is meat and it is that on purpose. Meat is the word suitable. It means that which fits. 
It is not a one size fits all. Okay. It is that I will make for him and help. I will make him and help suitable. It deals with fitness. It deals with qualifying. Because we are made up in a certain way, a whole, I'm ahead, but I gotta go ahead. I can't, I can't hold this one. A whole man, a whole woman, my Jesus, is made in certain way, in a certain way, that everything, excuse me, cannot fit. A whole man, a whole woman requires everything else around it to be whole. If what's around it is not whole, then it is not suitable. It does not fit. It does not qualify for any level of relationship. Okay. So meat is the word suitable or that which fits. In, in my in my jackets, I wear a forty two you can't I wear forty two long. You can't bless me with a forty two short. And you want me to smile and you know and be happy, you know, and, oh thank you. It's not see and it's it's the it's the thought that counts. No, 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 no. No. If you're gonna get a gift, you ought to spend time understanding who you're getting the gift for. That's a whole nother song. Because God, through his son Jesus, took the time to give gifts to the church. I can't even bother it. Okay, now I'm going to back off of that because that's not what we're talking about. That's in, in the shepherd's mantle class. But suitable. Okay, you, you cannot... Here, 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 Pastor. Um, here's a 42. Okay, I'm waiting for the rest of it, right? 42 short. No, I don't wear 42 short. Mm-mm. No, no. I don't wear 42 husky. I don't wear 42 regular. It is not a 42 extra long. It is a 42 long. Okay. No, that's not for you to do anything. I'm just saying, you wear a certain size. Okay, some of y'all don't need, you know, you don't need to go over there where the 10s are, because you know, just leave the 10 alone. All right? You can't wear a 10. I'm not looking at anybody. Okay? Okay? I'm talking about petite. What are you doing with a petite? I'm just looking. <laughs> okay, now, now I'm just. I, I want to drill this home. I'm not cracking on anybody. My point. I'm making you laugh, but my point is this: that when it comes down to when the Lord says, "I will make him and help me," He's talking about suitability. 
Not going to give you something that ain't going to work for you. A whole person can't take a half of anything. But here's the thing. I remember we started with the flesh. Your flesh, the flesh, our lower nature, okay, which is a life lived without the influence of the spirit, will have us accepting things that don't meet the criteria of who we really are, but it meets the criteria of our lower who we are. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay, and I'm not just talking about a person. I'm talking about relationships. There are more, there's so many relationships that we have to deal with here. Yes, there is a human relationship, male, female, and even filios, when there are friendships. Okay, there are filios relationships where we're friends. It could be a male and a female and a filios relationship or a male or, and a male or a female and a female. Filios, friendship. You know what I mean? There's storage, there, there, there's, there's a family relationship. Okay. Y'all with me? There are job relationships. When you work for a company or a business, you have a working relationship. Amen. There are some stores that some of you, you have an affinity towards. I try to get you to go to other stores. You got to go to Macy's. For what? You gonna pay an arm and a, no, 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 I, I, I have information. So I'm sorry for saying that. I just have information. Macy's mark up their clothes so high it don't make sense. And when they give you 40% off, that's what they should have done from the beginning. But, but that's, that's neither But some of you like, some of you like, you know, some of the stores. You know what I mean? Marshalls and things of the nation. They're, they're good stores. But you have a relationship with that store. Some of you do your grocery shopping. Who, who go to stop and shop? A few hands. What are the other stores out there? Target. I go Walmart. What's the other one? Price right. There's something about that price being right. Right? Right? But there is, there is a level of a relationship that you have. Are y'all with me? So there are several types of relationships. So now, here is the statement that I made. And that is, as it relates to suitability, the statement is, the standard or criteria for compatibility for relationships are inside of you. The standard or criteria for compatibility for relationships, they reside on the inside of you. The criteria is not on the outside of you. The criteria lives inside of you. I'm going to prove it to you. Okay, y'all ready? Can we dig in a little more? 
Okay. Look there at verse 18. Okay. Keep the statement that I just made in mind. And the Lord God said, verse 18, Genesis 2, it is not good that the man, who said it? Okay. So the Lord God said this. It wasn't man. Man was whole. Adam was whole. He was complete. He wasn't looking for nothing. He was straight. Okay. God had something as it relates to purpose, assignment that he wanted to accomplish in the earth. So he said, it's not good that the man, the man should do it all one by himself alone. He said there has to be a partnership. So he says, God says, I will make him and help suitable for him. Okay, watch this, 19. And out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field, every fowl of the air, brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. Whatever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. And Adam gave names to all the cattle, to the fowl of the air, every beast of the field. Watch this now, 20. But for Adam, there was not found and help meet for him. There were other living things around him. There were other things around him that posed to be relatable. God made the animal kingdom, brought them to Adam. Adam named every creature. Every creature he named. Can, I'm going to take this further, okay? He named the creatures. What else was around him? The vegetation kingdom was around him. So there were plants and all those ty- trees and all those types of things was around him. Y'all with me? Okay? He had all of this around him, but at the end of it, there was not found amongst what was there. The animal kingdom, there was not found. A suitable one for him. Wasn't found. Out of all of this, there was no compatibility with those things. Not for what God was trying to do. Not for partnership. Not for what God wants to do in the earth. Mm -mm. No. No. Mm -mm. Couldn't find. There was not one. Not amongst any of this. Was there any suitability, compatibility? None. Everybody say none. None. See, and that's the thing that I I, I really want to press in tonight, that the criteria for compatibility lives inside of you. It's not outside of you. It's not around you. The criteria is inside of you. You don't have to look anywhere to find out the standard for you. The standard for you for compatibility and suitability lives inside of you. Some of you know where I'm going, but just follow me here. Lives inside of you because there's nothing around you that fits. The things that are around us that we assume to fit us is because we keep flip-flopping between the spirit and the flesh. So we have victory today, but then we have defeat tomorrow. 
So then we end up in and with relationships that are toxic and not good for us. Because now you're trying to pull up something or someone when you are not designed to pull up anybody. That's already, they're already supposed to be up. It was already supposed to be up. Don't wait for me. Wait for me. We don't wait for you. Wait for me. Wait for me. Wait for me. It's like being in the dark room waiting for the picture to develop. No. You're not ready till you come out of the dark room. Please note that because we're going somewhere after this. Not ready till you come out of the dark room. Y'all getting pieces of my stuff when I didn't even intend for stuff to just come out at this time, but it's coming. But the challenge is this. Because we, we allow the flesh to have voice again. We open the door to our lower nature. We throw our discipline out of the window. Press pause on our commitment. Come on, I'm really committed, but I just need to do this right now. See, and when we can do that, that means that there is an alien living in there somewhere, dormant, poking its head at the most inopportune time for you and for me. Paul said it, y'all remember. He said, in me dwells no good thing. That is in my flesh. Galatians 6, Paul told us are already over there that when it comes down to sowing to the flesh, that we're going to reap, we're going to reap corrosion and corruption and, and come on, decay. Yeah. All that's going to come as a result of sowing to the flesh. Amen. You got a dead it. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Okay. Y'all still with me, right? All right. Let's keep going here. <clears throat> the standard or criteria for compatibility for relations are inside of me. Get back to the scripture now. It says now, <clears throat> verse 20, And Adam gave names to all the cattle, to the fowl of the air, every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found and help meet for him. 21, And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. And he did what? Took one of his ribs. Where was his rib? Inside of him. Took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. I'm pulling a principle. Verse 22. And the rib which was inside of him, which the Lord God had taken from man, made he woe man. And brought her unto him, unto the man. Now, everybody write the word woe man. W-O-M-A-N. 
in the context of scripture is talking about a female. Okay? I want to lift up a truth from this. Because the definition of woman is a compound word. Woe means part of. Man is what it is. Man. So what God did was after the after God brought the animal kingdom to Adam and he named everything around, whatever he called, he named everything. And God says, but at the end of the day, there was not one help meet for him, not one of this kind suitable for him. Bible says God put the man to sleep because there was nothing suitable on the outside of him. There was nothing compatible on the outside of him. So God said, I've got to go inside of him. Because if I take part of him out, one man, I can build another one just like him. God made the male man from the dust of the ground. Okay. And when God blew into the male man, he also blew in him everything he needs. So inside of the, moan, the man's bones was another one of him. He took a rib and built, see, he formed the man, but he built the woe man. He had enough sense to identify that which when he woke up, he was able to identify that thing that he saw in front of him because it was just like him. And since he had the ability to call things and name them, he said, whoa, man. I will call her woe man. She is part of me. She is a wound man. She's a man with a wound. She is me. She is the reproductive part of me. She can do the stuff that God wants me to do. That I could not produce alone. Partnership allows me to multiply. Oh man. Multiply my efforts. I feel like running right now. But I cannot do that the way God wants it done when I'm choosing stuff outside of me. I'm whole. And the only way that I will have another whole like me, the criteria is inside of me. So at the choosing of a whole man, he chooses one like him. That is the standard in him. He, when I say he, she, you, you with me. He can only produce what's in him.
So watch this now. How do you find what was inside of you? How do you find you? How do you find the you that was taken out of you? Because in life, I, I, I need relationships for partnership. I need relationships for purpose. Because I realize I cannot do it all one. I cannot do it alone. And I'm not talking about husband, wife. Come on. I'm, I'm, I'm raising this thing above that. That is in it, but I'm raising this thing so much higher. There are businesses in here that require partnerships. Now, how do you choose the right partner for your business? You got to look for you. But if you don't know you, anything, anybody will do. It becomes a flesh choice because my spirit is not involved to influence my choices. Flesh. Okay, y'all grabbing this? So as we're looking now at that third component, suitability, we got it's, it's, it's about one that's meat, one that's fits. A whole single person, a person who is whole, who is complete, who is entire, who lacks nothing, who is able to stand alone, reaches inside to find himself. Watch this. His eye is inside of him. Lord, help me tonight. That's my transition point. Y'all ready? Just gave you the three, gave you three qualities of a single or whole person. Now, did y'all write that other statement that I talked about, that, about the dark? Okay. Y'all got that? Okay. Say it again. You can't. All right. Not ready till you come out of the dark room. Okay. <clears throat> you look for you from inside of you. The criteria of you is in you. So in your choices, in connections, in partnerships, in relationships, when you ch- make a choice there, you look for you. The whole you. If you ain't whole, you may have some challenges. That's what we're trying to work on. Okay, we're killing the flesh. We're deadening the flesh so that there'll be spiritual influence. Paul said, after he went to, talked about his struggle, he said he, he found laws. Then at the end of chapter 7, he said, I thank God through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. He pulled out, he pulled out his handkerchief and wiped his brow. Then in chapter number 8 of Romans, he went in there talking about the relationship with the spirit. There is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not, come on, 
after the flesh, but after the spirit. The law of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. He, he, he finds at the end of chapter 7 his deliverance. And then chapter 8, he starts explaining Paul's, yeah, he said victory is when you have, have, have dead been the flesh and the spirit, the Holy Spirit now is operating and functioning in your human spirit. <laughs> Injecting and energizing your human, in other words, your human spirit is now finally eating. Hallelujah. Okay. So now, you ain't ready till you come out of the dark. And I said that your eye is in you. Chapter 5, Matthew. Oh, I couldn't wait to get here. Chapter 5, Matthew. My, 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 my. Everybody doing okay? Are you getting blessed yet? Okay. Matthew 5. Oh, I feel like howling right now. I feel like a Shabbat. Okay, are you there in Matthew 5? Yes. <clears throat> Matthew 5 opens up with what we know now in hindsight, what has been labeled as the Sermon on the Mount. It's the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is on the Mount of Beata, of, of, of um, um, <laughs> um, can't call it right now, excuse me. But he's, he is sharing his Sermon on the Mount. And it is also known as, starting in chapter 5, as the Beatitudes. Y'all there? The Beatitudes. The Beatitudes are, let me say it like I have it. The Beatitudes are, or is, however you're looking at it, the kingdom mindset. That's what the Beatitudes are. The Beatitudes are or is, however you're looking at it, if you're looking at it as a one lump, it is the kingdom mindset. Looking at them individually, they are kingdom mindset. As it is the kingdom or, yeah, as it is the kingdom mindset, it also releases the character qualities of kingdom citizens. Mm. Here is what a kingdom mindset is. A kingdom mindset is a prescribed way of thinking Consequently, living 
that keeps one in tuned with God. Say it again. A kingdom mindset is a prescribed way of thinking, comma, consequently living, comma, that keeps one in tuned with God. I meant to ask my son, Chris, to bring his guitar tonight. I meant to ask him to bring the guitar. Because I wanted you to hear the sound of a string when it is out of tune. But I wanted you to hear the sound as it is being tuned up. It can be... When you hear it being tuned up to the right note, it is saying that we were off before. In the context of what we're talking about, that means that we were not operating with or in a kingdom mindset. And we had to be tuned up to the way God thinks. Okay, let's keep going. Proverbs, just kind of make note of this, 23. You know what? I want to go there. Go to Proverbs 23 real quickly, and then we'll jump back. Proverbs 23, uh, verse 6. We'll look at verses 6 and 7. Now, remember what I said now. The Beatitudes are or is a kingdom mindset. I said a kingdom mindset is a prescribed way of thinking, consequently living. That keeps one in tuned with God. Are you there, Proverbs 23, verses 6 and 7? Are you there? Okay. Look at what it says there in verse number 6. It says, Eat thou not the bread of him that hath an evil what? Eye. Where did I say the I was? Follow me. Eat thou not the bread of him that hath an evil eye, neither desire thou his dainty meats. Verse 7. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, saith he to thee, but his heart is not with thee. Now, this is critical because many times we go to verse 7 and we quote the first part of it. Right? For as he thinketh in his heart, or as a man we, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Right? And that's, that's cool. But for as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, saith he to thee, but his heart is not with thee. Verse 6, go back to verse 6 again real quick. Verse 6 says, says, watch this now. Eat thou not the bread of him that hath an... An evil eye. Hmm. Neither desire thou his dainty meat. What this scripture is talking about is a king. It is talking about a king who invites you to a meal, but he doesn't really want you there. Doesn't really want you there at his dinner table eating, using his china, none of that stuff. It's a king who don't even really want you there. He has to do it. So you're there eating. And inside of him, 
He is thinking what he really feels. He is not who he is portraying to be. He is who he is thinking. Let me say it right. He is as he is thinking. In his heart, in his center, not his blood pump. At the, at the core of his thinking and consideration process, he is not what he's portraying on the outside. He really is what he is thinking. And he, what he is thinking is he wants you to get up from his table. He really wants you to get up from his table. Verse 7. Eat and drink, saith he to thee, but his heart is not with thee. He, he really don't want you to be at his table. In fact, he wants you to get sick. Okay. Yes, the truth is still as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. That is still true. That what you think you are, that's who you are. Okay. Verse six has that term evil eye. I need you to follow me. Okay. Need you to follow me. So now, a kingdom mindset, let's go back. A kingdom mindset is a prescribed way of thinking. Consequently, if, it's, if it is a prescribed way of thinking, it is also a prescribed way of living. And it keeps me in tuned with God. Right thinking produces right living. A fleshly or a carnal mind will yield its fruit. Get ready to deal with this. The fruit reveals the tree. I know that's simple. But hold on. (laughs) I got to say this again. A flesh, right thinking produces right living. A fleshly or carnal mind will yield its fruit. The fruit reveals the tree. What is the tree? The tree, the fruit, the fruit reveals its tree or the tree is your desire, your treasure, and your reward. Okay. I'm in context with the scripture here. I'm not going to confuse you. I'm going to bring you up. I'll say it again. A fleshly or carnal mind will yield its fruit. If you really are carnal in your thinking, even if you are a believer, if you are carnal, worldly, fleshly in your thinking, we may not be able to tell it immediately because of your religious performance. Because of your religious performance. So let me just go ahead and tell you. I'm going to get ready to talk about hypocrites in a minute, okay? Because of your religious performance. A fleshly carnal mind. Hallelujah. If that is in someone, we may not be able to see it initially. But in the right season, you will yield the fruit. The fruit will tell me what kind of tree you are. The fruit will determine and tell us all whether you have a fleshly or carnal mind. 
A fleshly or carnal mind will produce. As he thinketh in his heart, so is he. It will produce what it really is. A religious face is on it now, but that don't mean you hold. It means you're a Christian, perhaps, because you confess Jesus as your Lord, but it doesn't mean that you're a whole Christian. So our lifestyle will produce worldliness as Christians. So I'm a Christian with a worldly lifestyle. My flesh, my, my, my fleshly thinking will produce the fruit of it. It will show me. The fruit will tell us what kind of tree. It will tell us your real desires. It will tell us where your treasure really is. It will tell us what you really want for a reward. See, believers who are whole, they want as they re- their reward because who they are first. They are spirit first. They are not body. They are spirit who has soul living in a body. So a spirit being who is whole will want as a desire spiritual things. A spirit being who is whole will want as a reward, a spiritual reward. Y'all have to follow me. Because that which is spirit or spiritual has eternal value. Come on, come on, come on. That which is not and that which is produced of the flesh has temporal value. When you see people hungering and going after money, you know what kind of tree they are. You know their thought process. If you see people hungering, (laughs) yeah, I can say it. After the opposite sex, because they want sex. And that partnership, it will produce it. We may have this religious mask on, but the fruit will bear it out. The fruit will bear it out. The fruit will bear it out. Okay, I'm lingering. I'm staying too long right there. Staying too long. Staying too long. Go my mama and the lobo side. Hallelujah. Y'all with me? Whole spiritual being. Hallelujah. Desires spiritual things. A whole spiritual being desires spiritual treasure. A whole spiritual being desires a spiritual reward. Because we're looking for stuff that's going to last. I'm not looking for a thrill and that's it. Hallelujah. I want to live on top every single day. I want to live at the optimal point of life every single day. When I go to bed at night, I want to go to bed at top, at the top. When I wake up in the morning, I want to wake up at the top. When I go to sleep at night, I want to go to sleep. Y'all, y'all missed that. I want to go to sleep. 
I want to go to sleep. I don't need any interruptions by ill thoughts, come on, and plans of the flesh. If I get interrupted at all, I want there to be an eternal vision or purpose of God running through my mind. Something that's going to save somebody's life. Something that's going to call somebody to come up in their life. That's what I want to dream about. I want a dream and a plan for, for, for the transitional house. Wake me up for that God. Because if he wakes me up to give me a vision, to give me a plan for kingdom business, then he'll return my sleep. He'll restore my soul. Stop it. Hallelujah. I refuse to go to bed. Headache. Wake up. Headache because I got foolishness on my mind. Hallelujah. Y'all with me tonight? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I don't know why, but I'm going to go ahead and say this. This is not anywhere, but I'm going to go ahead and say this. The job that you're working on right now is an assignment. Okay, let me qualify that. A whole, I'm not going to just give you knowledge. We got too much knowledge and not enough wholeness with the knowledge. Bible says knowledge puffeth up. Need some wholeness to to be compatible with the knowledge. A whole person understands that the job I'm working on is an assignment. God purposely led me here. He purposely favored me. It wasn't about income. If that is my reward, if that is my desire, and that is my treasure, my flesh has declared it. I will go after it. But if I'm whole, no, as I am whole, I understand that that job is an assignment. Of which for my wisdom, my ability, come on, my talent. My giftings, they will sow a seed into my life for. Because they cannot pay for who you are. They can only sow a seed. And so when you get that paycheck, you understand this is a seed. Then you say, God, okay, how much of this do you want me to sow? And how much of this do you want me to eat? Hallelujah. That is not a reward for my hard work. But if it is for you, then we still got to work on the flesh. We still got to dig it out. We got to dig that flesh out. Let me hurry. Let me hurry. How much? How am I with my time? How much? Oh, don't scare me. All right. Okay. Let me hurry though. Y'all still with me? Okay. Go to verse number 20, Matthew 5. Now I'm ready. Now I'm ready. The Beatitudes are attitudes. 
It's a kingdom mindset. Hallelujah. I got to be in tune with the kingdom mindset. Hallelujah. Matthew 5. Look at verse number 20. For I say unto you. This is Jesus preaching. This is, this is the longest recorded message of Jesus. For I say unto you that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees. Come on. Ye shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. Y'all see that? It is saying that there are other types of righteousness. There is a carnal, worldly, uh, pharisaical righteousness that has forms, that has, how can I say this? It has forms and steps and, and I'm not saying that forms and steps are sins. I am saying forms and steps without life are dead. Mm, my God. Dark. Darkness is a sign of the lower nature of man. He is spiritually blind, spiritually dead. Right thinking produces right living. Matthew 5 and 20 teaches us that righteous living is in conflict with religion. Religion filled with its formalities has no power. Finding myself have to come to a close. So I'm going to see if I can just weave this together. Go to Matthew 6 now. Matthew 6. Oh my. Oh my, my, my. What, I, what I'm doing is I'm showing you something here. I'm showing you now <clears throat> the message that Jesus is preaching from chapters 5 through chapter 7. Is, a, is sharing with us the character slash attitude of kingdom thinkers. Kingdom thinkers are whole people who understand that right living is kingdom living. That living according to a prescribed standard, oh Lord, keeps 
the whole single person, yes, in tune with God, but will produce whole things around them. Glory to God. You will find out that once wholeness comes into your life, you will have very low tolerance for mediocrity and flesh-like symptoms. You know, flu-like. Flesh-like symptoms. You, when you, you, you will spot flesh. Your, 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 your radar. Okay. Which is, come on, which is a Holy Spirit in you will go off when flesh presents itself. Hallelujah. Now you just, you, you, you know, you don't just get out of character because we have self-control. So when you see flesh presenting itself, you keep, you know, you, you stay right in there. You know what I mean? You stay right in the character. You, everything that we were taught with that, that, that the Beatitudes, see, we stay right in, ain't no problem. We just see it as an opportunity for next level. Every time temptation comes, opportunity, next level, next level, next level. Boy, I got through this one fast. You know, you'd be saying stuff, well, I made it through this fast. I got a test already? Yes. Yeah, you, you, you got it. It says in Matthew, verse number 6, I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 6. Oh, man, I got so much highlighted here, I can't do it. So let me go right here. Verse number... Oh, my God. Okay. Indulge me, okay? I have to do this real quick. Verse number 1. Just kind of just kind of follow me, Okay. My key verse, just so you know, is 22 and 23. That's where we're going. Okay. Now, watch this. Verse number one. Take heed that you, that ye do not your alms before men to, to be seen of them. Otherwise, ye have no what? Reward of your father. Verse two. Therefore, when thou doest thine alms, do not sound the trumpet before thee as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets that they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their Reward, verse four, that thine arms may be in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret himself shall reward. Verse five, and when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, as the hypocrites are, as the hypocrites are. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their but thou, verse 6, but thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to the Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee. Verse 16. Moreover, when ye fast, be not as the hypocrites, I'm sorry, <coughs> of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. Verse 18. That thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy father which is in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Now, Verse 19, I changed colors, color code on my notes. <laughs> I went to yellow on this. 
Lay not up for 19, for yourselves treasure upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where, there, where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Now, come on. 22. Watch this. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, what happens to the body? Thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, sound like that king back over there in Proverbs. Hmm, evil eye. Hmm. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, if you think what you have is light, but it's really darkness... It causes greater darkness. How great is that darkness? You cannot serve two masters. You hate the one, love the other. Hold on to one, despise the other. You can't serve God and mammon. In this case, referring to wealth. Now, let me close with this. Two minutes. All right. Let me close with this for tonight. I thought I was going to finish single state tonight. Got close. But let me close with this tonight. Your eye is the light of your body. Okay. The understanding of that eye being the light of the body is, I use the word already, is your spiritual understanding of God. His righteousness, spiritual understanding of the kingdom, your eye. If the eye, your spiritual understanding, the Bible says, is single. That word single referring to focused. Then you bring light to your whole body. Eye is the gateway that allows things in. Your body, the, the, the figurative speech of the scripture concerning your body speaks of corresponding action. If you're focused on the kingdom, you cause your body to receive kingdom light. Or your response, your physical response, your corresponding action is kingdom action. But if your eye is evil, dark, it will produce dark actions. If you have no spiritual understanding, you are deceived. You think you have light, but you don't. You bring more darkness to your body. And right there, I have to stop. My time is up. I got to stop there. I got to stop there. I don't want to, but I know, I know it's a moment of contemplation for you, right? Moment of contemplation.